Our first reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, the eighth chapter. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So Philip got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and to sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shearers, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azaltus. And as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. People of God, let us join together and read responsively whole verse by whole verse from Psalm 22. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I will perform my vows in the sight of those who fear the Lord. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Let those who seek the Lord give praise. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of nations shall bow down before God. For dominion belongs to the Lord, who rules over the nations. Indeed, all who sleep in the earth shall bow down in worship. All who go down to the dust, though they be dead, shall kneel before the Lord. Their descendants shall serve the Lord, whom they shall proclaim to generations to come. They shall proclaim God's deliverance to a people as of yet unborn, saying to them, The Lord has acted. Our second reading this morning comes from the first letter of John, the fourth chapter. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. 
God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as the savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the son of God and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel this morning, according to St. John, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. People of God, will you join me now for a word of prayer?
Abide in us, good and gracious God, by the promise of the baptismal waters, which drown us in the death of sin and raise us up to the new life you promise in Jesus. Abide in us, O God, by your body and blood, broken and shed for us, that we may know your forgiveness and be satisfied from all of life's want. Abide in us, O God, by the power and presence of your Spirit and the direction of your Word, living in and among us as Jesus is truly with us. Abide in us, good and gracious God, by the love that you have poured out for all your people, that in these and all things we may be raised up with you now and every day. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In this Easter season, we hear yet again from John's Gospel another teaching from Jesus that pertains to growth and nourishment. I am the vine, you are the branches. A strong word of comfort and nurture brought to new light in Jesus' resurrection dawn. Jesus is our ground and our root. Jesus is the source of our life. Jesus is the one from whom all creation finds new and abundant life. Jesus, the true vine, is the source of all the fruit we bear, whatever that may be. Acts of kindness and mercy. Nourishment offered for bodies and souls hungering and thirsting for food and fulfillment. Harvests of reconciliation and reunification. Overcoming the weeds of enmity and segregation. All things which come from God, all things good we celebrate and share, spring forth from the God who raised Jesus from the dead, nourishing us by the Holy Spirit that all the world might be fed and satisfied from the fruit of Jesus and his branches. A strong word of comfort, not only for us whom Jesus calls his beloved branches, but for all creation indeed who benefit from the abundant fruit of Jesus' resurrection life. It's really a beautiful image that Jesus is using here of a vine and its branches, meant to communicate to us the immense love of God which nurtures and sustains all things. And yet it only skims the surface of our understanding of God's character and God's being. In our second reading this morning, John expands on this and other teachings from Jesus more directly, inviting us to explore with him the depths of who God is and what God does for us in joining us to the true vine. Here in 1 John 4, we find one of Scripture's most profoundly revealing statements of worship and praise 
that serves as a key for how we understand God's relationship with creation. And it's hidden there in three little words we use so frequently that when brought together, we might very well miss them. God is love. God is love. Take notice of what John is saying here. God is love, just like you and I are flesh and bone and blood. What makes up the being of God is love itself, pure, unadulterated, unrefined. Not only is love from God, but God is, in essence, love. God's entire being is an expression of love spread out for creation. Love is not something God has toward us. It is God living, abiding in, with, and through us so that the world might know God's presence. And we love because God has first loved us. Any love that we have, any act of compassion or mercy that we show is an extension of God's own self here, present in the world around us. It does not come from ourselves, but from God through the Holy Spirit. Love is who God is and transformed in Christ. Love is what we are made to become more than a commandment to do a specific thing. Love is the character, the identity, the root, the foundation of all Christians. To be like God because of Jesus, who loves all people and all things fully and freely and wholly. Jesus uses images like these of of sheep and shepherd from last week, of vine and branches from today, of, of parents and children to describe what it means to be a part of God's people. If you've ever looked at a grapevine, you realize pretty soon that identifying where the vine stops and the branches start is a pretty difficult thing. It's one seamless, continuous growth of vine all interwoven amongst itself, stretching out and away from the center with large clusters of fresh grapes hanging there to be plucked and eaten. A grapevine is one organism from vine to branch to leaf to fruit. And the best way to identify its parts is to start with the root the peace that is connected to the ground, absorbing all of the nutrients from the soil and pumping life into the rest of the plant. There is the vine, healthy and hardy, holding up the branches and the fruit because that's what it does, because God is love. And God himself holds us all up for the sake of the world. Jesus calls himself the true vine because he looks at his disciples 
He looks at you and at me and tells us that in him, we are extensions of God's love in Jesus. Which bears the question, what does it mean to be a member of the true vine? The church, the body of Christ. These branches don't necessarily have to be single people. It could be entire faith communities, Christian denominations, or any other way that God's faithful have been clustered together throughout time and space. The fruit we bear isn't our own personal witness necessarily. It's the witness of the entire community sharing our blessed life with the neighborhoods where we find ourselves planted. Jesus uses this language of abiding, remaining, resting in him. Because when we were baptized into his death and resurrection, each and every one of us becomes a member of the whole. Another branch growing out of a vine that will never wither and die because Jesus has overcome death and has planted us here in this time, in this space, and in this place to witness to God's love in the world. Our baptism is this inseparable bond, both the source of our new life in Christ and the fountain from which we receive water to be nurtured and sustained throughout the droughts and the harsh winters of life. Our baptism makes us like Jesus, just like a vine and its branches share the same source and the same mission-bearing fruit. To bear fruit for the world, to share and extend the life of Jesus to those in need, to love as God has first loved us. So what then does it mean to bear fruit in this way? A professor of preaching at Garrett Theological Seminary, Jennifer Benjamin Brooks, wrote that bearing fruit means engaging for ourselves as persons and as the church in those activities and tasks that recognize and invest in the goodness of God's love by spreading that love to the neighbor whom we are called to love. The specifics of bearing fruit are left to the community as a whole and to each one who receives the nurture that both Christ and the community provide. Each and all must come to the realization that we are not self-made. Yes, we are individuals, we are persons, but as Christians, the individualism so admired by the world must take a back seat to the reality that all we are and all we have are as a result of the abiding grace of God. All are evidence of God's love and that love must be spread abroad, thereby bearing fruit. Because as the dead branches are removed, it is not about judgment, it is about growth. Those that remain adhered to the vine become stronger and contribute to the health of the vine. That is a message that in this time carries much urgency for the contemporary church in all its branches for the sake of the diversity that is the true 
vine of Christ. Somewhere deep down, God has shown us that if we are not connected to the vine, if we are not plugged into the life that God gives us, then we aren't fully whole. And we get caught up in a reading like this that says things will be pruned away and cast away. Focusing on that pruning, the the cutting away of fruitless branches and images of fiery judgment. But notice where those images come into place. What God does for us in joining us to Christ is the cleansing of our bodies from sin. Removing the excess, the disease, and the rot that threatens to infect the entire vine and ruin the harvest of God's goodness. It's a good thing to be pruned because it means that we are constantly being made healthy and cared for so that God's fruit might be found more plentiful in this world. As for the branches that bear no fruit whatsoever and are cut away and burned, we must remember that life comes not from the branch, but from the vine. When a vine grower dresses the vineyard for the harvest season, they go through and they pull out intrusive vines that are trying to overtake the grapes, as well as branches that shoot off, but because of disease or frost or what have you, show the signs of being barren. People of God, we are made to be branches bearing fruit that God's perfect love might be perfected in us for the sake of the entire world. That God's kingdom might grow beyond the four walls of a sanctuary and this patch of dirt we claim for ourselves. God's perfect love casts out our fearful, complacent, fruitless ways, bolstering the vine and healthy branches so that fruit might be found for the weary. That God's abundant, abiding life might be made known in this world. Make no mistake. That which continues to claim the blessings of Jesus and yet yields no harvest for the kingdom proves itself to be a branch dead on the vine already. And for the sake of the whole, must be either healed or removed, lest the entire vine become afflicted. Person, people, church, it doesn't matter. They will know that we are Christians by God's love in us, and they will know very quickly when we begin to wither and die. A different professor, this one of New Testament at Creighton University in Omaha, Sherry Brown, wrote of this letter from 1 John. The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. And our family extends far beyond our kin to every human being in God's good creation. We must therefore challenge ourselves to push beyond our comfort zones to do new things. This indeed is how we love as Christ loved and as God loves us. Sacrifice can be life and limb, and when it is, it should be honored as such. But it does not have to be. Every time we step beyond where we'd rather be, 
what we'd rather do and into what might embarrass or negatively impact us in order to share God's love. We answer this call. This is our summons. God is love. Be bold. Don't fear. Share yourself. Do love. For this is what will sustain us in unity, in strength, and the abiding love of God. Branches don't consume the grapes they bear. What Jesus grows in us, the works of charity and healing and peace and justice, these fruits are for the wholeness of the world. And so any good that we do, any fruit that we bear for this world, it comes from God. The source of our life, our wholeness, and our protection. What good things is God growing through you, through us, And how can we share the harvest with the world? May the fruit we bear be Christ. And may the harvest be ripe. That all this world might be nourished by Jesus, the true vine. Who is the source of God's love and life. Amen.